Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, today is also a very special Sunday because this is the beginning of what is known as Holy Week or Passion Week. This is the day that we celebrate and we remember one of the greatest events actually in the life of Jesus here on the earth. This is one of those events in his life that was recorded in all four of the known gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so it needs our attention. And because this event is what basically kind of put rocket fuel uh, behind Jesus going uh, in his ministry, the the momentum of his ministry right into uh, this week of suffering, this incredible week of suffering. And he would ride into Jerusalem what's known as the triumphal entry on Sunday and on Friday he would be crucified just five days later so things had really picked up the momentum it, it, it from this point it's it goes exponential as a matter of fact the gospels uh, spend much of their their time in this week uh, I believe it's Matthew uh, about 25% of the book of Matthew is dedicated to the last week of Jesus' life. Mark, about a third of the book of Mark, is dedicated to this one week in Jesus' life. Luke, somewhere around the same 25%. John is 50%. From John 12 to John 21. Isn't that interesting? It's all about this one week that we're coming into. So I mean, we realize this is an, an important event. All right, this... So this, uh, we're going to begin, we're going to read from Luke's account, and that's found in Luke chapter 19, and verse 28, 29, sorry, Luke chapter 19, verse 29. I want to take just a moment to um, notice some dear friends of mine who've become dear friends of mine through uh, teaching at Christ for the Nations. Both of them have been, uh, took my homiletics class, and what else, what other classes, any other First and Second Corinthians, the Corinthian letters. This is Tiago and Roberta, and they drove all the way up from Christ for the Nations to be with us today. We're honored to have you. And uh, their kids are in kids' church. Mateos and Tat. What is it? Huh? Talita. Yeah, that's right. Talita. Beautiful kids. Anyway, thank you for being here. We're honored to have you. Luke chapter 19, verse 29. Have you found it? Matthew, Mark, Luke. Chapter 19, verse 29. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if someone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. Let's say that last line together, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner, owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, all right, good. The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Hopefully they were wearing layers. Verse 37, Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, 
the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. I like this. For all the mighty works they had seen saying. Now I'd like us all to just bring ourselves into this moment. All right. We're going to be part of this crowd. And as Jesus, we see him riding this donkey. We see him descending this mountain. Let's all read these words like they did with a loud voice saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your word that it is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, we're here to feast on your word. We have opened up our hearts. We've tilled up our hearts in worship today to be a ready, ready recipient kind of ground so that your seed, Lord, would be planted in us. And Lord, that it would root down and it would shoot up. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for the fruit of your word in our lives. Your word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. So we thank you, Lord, as David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You are a God who has benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction. Lord, we thank you for that. And we welcome you here. We welcome your spirit. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. We need your word. We need your word at work in our daily lives. We need your word when we're in traffic. We need your word when we're, when we're uh, 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 having conversations with our spouse. We need your word when we're raising our kids. Lord, we need your word when we're doing business. We, we need your help. And we thank you that all the wisdom of the world stands in awe of the wisdom of your word. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Turn to somebody and tell them that they look wonderful today. All right. It's Palm Sunday. Everybody bring your palms. All right. Let's see your palms today. Let's wave our palms. All right. Amen. This event, Jesus riding into Jerusalem, was something that had been foretold. Now, check this out. 500 years prior to this event. That's, old, that's, that's like twice as old as America. Right? We think we've been here long. This prophecy had been uttered and written 500 years before Jesus actually did it. Think about that. Jesus in his life fulfilled something like 300 prophecies that were foretold of him. The chance of one guy even accomplishing eight, scholars say the odds are like one in 100 trillion. And this is one of those moments, and it's found in Zechariah chapter 9, the Old Testament prophet Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout! O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Isn't that beautiful? Is that, does that just, just put off uh, or, or spark grandiose kind of imagery for you, right? Rejoice. Something awesome is about to happen. And this is what's happening. Your king is coming. And when he comes, he's bringing justice and he's bringing salvation. Wow. Salvation means deliverance. Deliverance from oppression. Deliverance from fear, deliverance from your doubts, deliverance from your sickness and disease. He's coming, and he's coming to do what's right, that which has been done wrong, the injustices in your life, the just one's coming to make it right. All right? So this is, this is the imagery we're getting. The one who loves you, the one who loves us is coming to help us. He's coming to save us. We who are lost in our sin, he's coming to bring us up out of that. This is, so we rejoice that he's coming. This is 500 years before it actually happens. 
500 years, but now the day comes, and guess what? The people are rejoicing. But here's where I just kind of go, this is where the kingdom of God kind of turns your head sideways, right? Behold, your king is coming. He's just and having salvation. Lowly, riding on a donkey. Like, what just happened? I mean, this was so powerful, and then, oh, and, and then to make Let's get a little clearer about it. It's a colt full of a donkey, lowly riding on a baby donkey. <laughs> this king who's bringing justice, this king who is bringing salvation, is lowly riding on a donkey. Why in the world is he coming here on a donkey? I mean, if we look through history, we see kings marching in to their cities, especially after a big conquer. So they've conquered lands and kings and military uh, forces and nations, and they come in. How do they come? They come in on a great steed, right? A stallion, usually a white one. Come in, and they got all this pomp and circumstance, right? They've got the fireworks show. They've got all the best stuff. Here's Jesus, right? Here's Jesus. Here's the king of all kings. Here is the king of a kingdom that can never be shaken. It can never be conquered, right? He is the ultimate king, and he shows up riding on a donkey, and the people, oh, we need to do something here. Let's do this. And that's, that's how they're going to pay. I mean, it's like they're in this moment, and they're like, uh, let's get some branches. So they go to the nearest tree, and they start breaking off branches, and they're you know, doing what they can with what they have at this moment. I'm like, wait a second. We should have prepared. Where's the planning committee? This is what he gets, branches and clothes and a donkey. This is how we're going to coronate the king of all kings. Well, this isn't how any ordinary king comes marching in or makes their entrance. But Jesus is no ordinary king. Can you help me with that? Thank you. But Jesus, <laughs> I love this woman. She says, bless his heart, which means he's an idiot. <laughs> In 25 years, I've learned that much. <laughs> but I appreciate you making it as kind as possible. I, I do love you dearly. A foal of a donkey. Wow. This king is not any ordinary king, though. He's not a normal king. This is Jesus. He's the king who takes joy he takes joy in identifying with the lowly. Those that are overlooked, those that are forgotten, those that are rejected. Jesus likes being around them. I love that. The weak. And, 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 then, and then this king and his kingdom is quite different because it seems so, well it is, it seems backwards, but it's actually the right way. <laughs> Our system is the one that's backwards. He says, if anybody wants to be great, you got to become the least. If you want to be first, you have to become last. Yeah. Now, Ricky Bobby would disagree. Because <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last, <laughs> according to him. 
But Jesus said, Jesus said, if you want to be first, you must become last. As a matter of fact, you must become a servant of all. And he taught us that this king is one who serves. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. What, what kind of king is this? This is not what we're used to. This is, this is a king who loves to be amongst the people. He loves to be amongst the crowd, putting his hands on them, healing them, talking to them, teaching them the things of God, taking the children up in his lap and blessing them. He loves to be that kind of king. The people, though, are, they're thinking something else is going on. See, they're thinking that Jesus is going to go now sit because he is the son of the great King David. And this is the great king's greater son, Jesus. And he is a right, the rightful heir to take the throne. And so what they're thinking is this king, they're seeing him as the earthly king. He's going to come and, 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 and that's why they all gathered around. They're thinking, yes, this is the moment when we get to throw off this Roman oppression. And this man is going to become our king. So they're all very excited about it. And there's lots of mixed feelings and a lot of confusion out there in that crowd because it all happened so quickly. But yet the spirit of it is there. And Jesus is letting this happen. Jesus is letting this happen. He is proclaiming right here. He is the king by allowing this to happen. There were times when he would not allow people to talk about that. They'd say, we know who you are. He'd say, not right now. Because it wasn't time for that. But now it's time. And they're saying, the king, the king. And even the Pharisees came up to him and said, you got to get them to shut up. They're, they're calling you the king of Israel. He said, if I tell them to be quiet, God will make the stones cry out. You know why? Because right now is the hour. Right now is the hour. This is the moment. But they thought it was one moment, but it wasn't the moment they thought it was. Now, listen, one day Jesus is going to make another entrance. Yeah? And it will be. On a white stallion, as Revelation 19, verse 11 says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat upon him is called Faithful and True, and he loves the Denver Broncos. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> but this day, he comes in on a donkey. This day. He rides on a donkey. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about that. I know what time it is. But we are in like Sahara Desert sports season right now, right? Anyway. This is when they start putting like, um, what is that game called? Where Cornhole tournaments on ESPN. You're like, this is a sport? Like, we don't have anything else going on. All right. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm not a hockey fan, though. Anyway, but I want to talk about that donkey for just a moment, because I think if that donkey could talk to us today, think about this. What an event for him. I think if he talked to us today, he would probably say something like, uh, Hee-haw! No, I'm just kidding. He would probably say something like this. Now, watch this. Number one. <laughs> or vote Democrat. <laughs> It's, a don it's, their, it's their symbol. Oh, okay. I wasn't being political. I was just trying to make his name. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Let's learn a couple of lessons. <laughs> Number one, 
I think he would tell us things like this. Jesus chose you for his purpose because he needs you. Jesus chose you for his purpose because he needs Didn't we read those words? The Lord has need of him. Number two, Jesus has freed you from limitation. Loose the colt and bring him to me. Jesus has freed you. This is, these are the things that the colt learned, right? This is what he would teach us. And thirdly, Jesus is made visible by you for others to see. They set him upon colt. If anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, verse 31, because the Lord has need of it. You know, you might be tempted to think, and maybe you've said it, and I've thought it before, and God doesn't need anything. He's God. Oh, but he does need. Why else would he choose you? Why else would he create you if he didn't need you? Everything that God does has purpose to it, which means everything God creates has purpose to it, which means you have a great purpose. Now, however you got here to planet Earth, wherever, whether your father, mother, biological uh, uh, contributor, whatever you want to call them, uh, um, whether they were meaning on your existence, when they, we don't know how it happened. Yes, you do know how it happened. We all know how it happens, Right? It took two to tango for you to get here, but that's not the sum total of your significance. See, because God, God was ready with a plan for you. He chose you. He chose you for his purpose. He chose you because he loves you. He chose you because he needs you. Isn't that a, that's a marvelous thought. I think God needs me. Yeah, he does. And you think about what God took, the risk he took to to have us choose him back. That's really his number one need from us is first, will you choose me back? Because he gave us this beautiful gift of choice. You don't have to choose God if you don't want to, but my gosh, it's so good to do it. It's so good to do it because of what he's, because he can be trusted for one thing, that he would lay everything on the line by giving his son. Now imagine this. I wouldn't give my kids for anybody. Not for anybody, but Jesus gave his son because he so loved us that he gave Jesus. Now check this out. Risking. There's no guarantees in him doing this, right? He is giving away everything he's got in his son, watching him suffer the kind of suffering he did and laying on him all the sins of all mankind. He's doing all of this and watching this happen with no guarantees because we have to choose to believe this. But my gosh, what a story and what a love that I couldn't help but choose it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We're making an exchange? You're offering me an exchange that you became sin and then you exchange, you gave me righteousness? Uh, I win and you lose on that deal. Um, you became a curse so that I could become blessed? I win on that exchange and <laughs> you don't do very well on that. You became wounded and I became healed. I'm still winning in this exchange, right? You, the son of God, became the son of man so that I, as son of man, could become a son of God. Well, that's big time winning. You got demoted and I got promoted, looks like, right? You became poor and I became rich. Again, I win. Why would I not choose that? That's kind of a duh Oh, and eternal life? 
Why would I not choose that? This God who saw me in my great hour of need said, I need you, so I will come and meet your need. And then I ask that you choose me. And let's walk this walk together. Because when you come into this family, your life becomes a life of abundance, significance, and meaning because you have been pulled into a great purpose. And that purpose is God needs you. Turn to somebody and tell them he needs you. He needs you. Look at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. And if anyone, oh, that's not it. I'm sorry, I got ahead of you. Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You know what that means? Long before we chose him, he chose us. I mean, before the foundation of the world, God already made up his mind. I choose you. Right? That we should be holy and without blame before him. How? In love. See, God doesn't want this to be, well, I need to behave as a Christian. I really should straighten myself up. I really, no, 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 no. This is all about love, not rules. I don't, it's not about having to obey. I get to obey. It's not having to submit to God. I get to submit to God. Why? Because he's my father. He's brought me into his family. That gives me the right to live for him. I wish the church would preach it like this. I wish they'd stop hammering people with all, this, all the rules and beating people down and making them feel worthless and making them feel like somehow they're on the outside. After all that Jesus has done for us and welcoming us into his kingdom. He chose us. He chose you because he needs you. He chose you for his purpose. Uh, my son, Dylan, where are you, Dylan? My son, Dylan, who is six foot three now. I don't know where he got that. But about four or five years ago, how long ago was that? Like four years ago. So I was, he, he got interested in playing the guitar, and so I started teaching him to play. And he... Um, but I made this deal with him because I couldn't, I mean, I tried to motivate him to practice. Uh, but I mean, if a kid's not motivated to practice, they're not going to do it. I mean, you can tell them all day long, practice your guitar. And I didn't want it to be like that. I wanted him to enjoy it. And, um, so I told him, if you'll practice the guitar regularly for four months, son, and if I see that you are improving, I can, t- cause I can tell, I said, I'll buy you a guitar. He's like, really? I said, yeah. That's all he needed. This kid every day was in his room practicing. And he was practicing with my guitar. And four months goes by. I totally forgot about the deal. I'm just excited that he's, that he's uh, practicing, but he, he brings it up with me. He says, Dad, it's been four months. Remember what you said? I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, let me make a deal with you, son. <laughs> now, this is actually a good deal. I had a, th- this is my... Fender Strat here, but I also have one that's kind of like it, made by a company called GNL, which is Leo Fender sold Fender guitars and then went and formed GNL guitars. So it's kind of it's in the same family. It's a nice Stratocaster, and my my brother had given it to me years ago. It's probably about a thousand dollar guitar, somewhere around there. Really enjoyed it. I said, son, because you've been faithful, because you've practiced, you can have this guitar if you want it. And he's like, yeah. I don't know. No, Dad, I, I, I like, I want a, a Les Paul. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, that, you know, a Les Paul, a cheap Les Paul is probably $1,500, $2,000, somewhere around there. And I, and I was like, well, let me tell you how it's going to be. I'll get you a Les Paulish guitar, but I, I can't. I, th- I just thank God I didn't tell him, whatever guitar you want, I just said, I'll buy you a guitar. So, 
Remember, that's what I said, son. So <laughs> we'll go to Guitar Center and we'll, you know, we'll look. And I'm like, are you sure you don't want this? This is a good guitar. This is a good... No, I want a Les Paul, Dan. So we, we walk into Guitar Center. Lo and behold, it was that, the one out in Arlington. Lo and behold, sure enough, right there in the front on, the, on this guitar stand is this guitar that's just like, oh, just stands out. I told the 9 o'clock, 9.30 service, there was angels singing. This beam of light came down, and we heard Slash playing Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> Because it is his model guitar. It was the slide has his like tattoo on the headstock, the, his tattoo design on the headstock. I mean, just cool looking Les Paul style guitar. And I was like, oh man, that's cool. Dylan's like, I want to play that. I said, okay. So we didn't even look at any prices at this point. I just thought, well, okay, well, it, let's try it out. So I put it in his hands and we walk over to this amp, and he's playing. And so I'm looking around like the cheapest possible Les Paul model guitars I can get. Nothing that actually says Gibson, uh, Epiphone, Samick, anything else that looks like that. And so I'm, I'm pulling them off the shelf. I'm like, all right, try this one, son. But he, he just keeps looking over at that Slash model guitar. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get out of here without him getting that guitar. And so I'm trying to find that. I'm not really looking for him by... Uh, by their look, I'm just looking by price <laughs> and bringing them over to him. Well, and he keeps, he says, Dad, this is the guitar. I, I, I love this guitar. And I know what it means as a guitar player. If a guitar feels right in your hands, that's the one you need to buy, no matter what. And this felt the best in his hand. And I said, okay. Well, it just so turned out that it happened to be cheaper than all those other ones that I showed him because there was a big sale that day, and that's why it was in the front of the store. So we got out. Uh, on top, came out on top. But he had to have that one. See, God had to have you. See, he chose you, and nobody else is going to satisfy him like you do. He created you uniquely, you, to be you, because you have a way that you can minister and share with others that nobody else can. And see, he needs you in that way. He needs you to be secure in your purpose, and because when you really latch a hold of and you really become aware of his purpose that God chose you, guess what? That becomes your purpose in life. Then you don't have to go around going, why am I here? What's the meaning of life? You know, all those things get answered in him. He is the purpose. And you choosing him back is where you really find what that purpose is all about. Amen. He needs you. Let, secondly, I'm almost through. I really am. Jesus has loosed you from limitation. He says, loose that colt and bring him to me. The thing's tied up. He's tied up. And that little colt wasn't, it was only going to go as far as the length of that rope would allow. But he's loosed you today. First John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Now this, you, you see the word destroy and you think, annihilate. Argh! But it's actually a kind of a different word for destroy. It actually means, it's the Greek word luo. It's spelled L-Y-O, but you say luo, and this is what it means. To loose any person or thing tied or fastened. He came to loose you from the works of the devil. He came to loose you from the power of the devil. All right? To untie you. It also means to loose one bound, to unbind, to release from bonds, and to set free. Jesus has loosed you from limitation. Everything that was keeping you crushed down, everything that was depressing you, everything that was making you afraid, everything that was making you weak, Jesus has loosed you from it. 
And you can be free today. Because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. For the sake of time, I have to keep moving forward to the last one. Man, I had a good story there. Well, that was so good. I really wanted to tell that story. Let's go to verse 35. <laughs> Buy me lunch and I'll tell you over lunch. I'm just kidding. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their clothes on the colt and set Jesus on him. The last thing that we're going to learn from this little lowly baby donkey is Jesus is made visible by you for others to see. Listen, as a believer, your relationship with God isn't a private matter. A lot of people treat their faith in God as this is between me and this is private. I don't talk about that. Well, you got to take that up with him because he likes you to talk about it. Because this isn't just some little religious thing that we have. This is we have become light. We've become light. That's what the Bible says, that you who were once darkness are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You're carrying. Listen, the light is on. When you receive Jesus into your, into your life, when you made him the Lord and Savior of your life, guess what? Boom, the lights came on. And you might not always be aware of that light, but hey, I think you might have lived long enough as a Christian, people still notice. They still know that they still notice the light. They still know. Uh, um, my brother and I, we had a rock band years ago. We were called the Violent. We got it from Scripture, actually. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So that was our, that's like, hey, we got, we got Bible and verse. Let's call ourselves the Violent. We got Scripture behind it. But we, we formed, I formed this band when I was a student at Christ for the Nations, and uh, me and my drummer went there together. And then when we went back out to West Texas, I brought my brother in because this guy could just like wail. I mean, he had a heck of a voice. You wouldn't know that today because he's so straight-laced, short hair, and wears all these GQ suits. But he had this long hair back then. He's like, yeah! I mean, he could just do it. And we had this other guy named Darren in our band. But we, were, we had a heart to go into the bars and play and just be a light. Now, that, that's, a very, that's a very kind of undercover kind of evangelism. You know, when you come into to, to a place like that, you don't go, hey, we're Christians and everybody needs to believe on Jesus because you're not going to get to come back and play. So we knew this was going to be a process. And so we just prayed, Lord, use our lyrics, use the music, move people. That's what we're here to do. We're going to let just being there, being lights, we're just going to turn on the lights and you do the rest. We used to play in this little bar called the Spotlight. Potsy was, where is Potsy? Because he was in my band too. He leave? He quit on me? All right. Anyway, our guitar player over here, we've been buddies since we were 10 years old. And he was in our band too. Anyway, so we, we'd be in there playing. At, we were at this one bar called the Spotlight. It was a really rough bar. It, oh, maybe I shouldn't bring up this movie. Anybody see the movie Roadhouse? All right, it's kind of like that. I don't reckon, don't, don't go look at it, all right? It's, but it was a rough bar. I mean, tough, rough guys, you know. And, and so, but we didn't have the pleasure of having chicken wire in front of us for protection. I mean, every time we were there, tremendous fights broke out. And I will say, I don't know who was more entertained, us or them, because standing up there, we're just watching guys fly, fly over tables and things like that. I mean, but it was a scary environment, you know. Things can get chaotic real fast. But we always prayed before we went in, Lord, use us and protect us. And he always did. One night we were... 
we took a break. We'd been playing two or three hours, and so we were going to just take a break. So we put our instruments down, walked over to this table, and we're just sitting there taking a break. And then this guy walks over to us real aggressive. He walks right over to us, and, he, and we had one empty chair, and he grabs the chair, and he turns it around, and he sits down like this. He's, and he looks at me, and he says, what is the deal with you? And I'm like, what the heck can I do? Did I get that Van Halen solo wrong? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like, I, and he says, I said, what, what, what do you mean? He says, something about when you play guitar. He said, I don't know what, it, but something happens on the inside of me when you play. There's something, and tears start just running down this guy's face. I was like, whoa, Lord, you are doing it. <laughs> well, see, what happened was this guy kicked the door wide open for me to say, well, here's the deal. And when I told him, he was like, oh, that makes sense. You guys are Christians. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. You sure do have a mask on. <laughs> but we, we, we began to see all kinds of testimonies like that. See, your lights are on. And the more you acknowledge that, that you are the light of the world, and Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Why, do, why are our lights shining? What is this purpose that we've been brought into? Because he wants all of us. And we're here to help shine that light on him so that we can bring many people to glory. Amen. Does that help you today? You can learn a lot from a donkey. The first time he came as a lowly carpenter, when he returns, he'll come as a risen conqueror. The first time Jesus came riding on a donkey, when he returns, he will be riding a white horse. The first time he came, he was mocked and scorned by men, but when he returns, men will fear and tremble. The first time he came, he came to redeem all mankind, but when he returns, he will reign over all mankind. The first time Jesus came, he came alone, but when he returns... He is coming with his saints and angels. The first time Jesus came, he had nails in his hands, but when he returns, he will hold in his hand a rod of iron. The first time Jesus came, he hung on a cross, but when he returns, he will sit on a throne. The first time Jesus came, he was judged for our sins, but when he returns, he'll be the judge. The first time Jesus came, he was put to death, but when he returns, he will destroy death itself. The first time Jesus came, he was meek and he was lowly. But when he returns, he will come in power and glory. The first time he came, he wore a crown of thorns. But now when he comes, he will wear the crown of all crowns. The first time he came, he was called king of the Jews. But he will return as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Jesus chose you for his purpose because he needs you. Jesus has freed you from limitation. And Jesus is made visible by you for others to see. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this glorious day, this glorious event that we celebrate today, knowing, Lord, where you were going from here, knowing that you were coming into that week of great suffering. Surely he has borne our sickness and our disease and our griefs and carried our physical and mental pains, all of our sorrows, by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds. Jesus did everything in that suffering. 
for us. And it is an amazing love because this love is not based on anything that we do or don't do. This love just comes from Him because that's who He is. He loves you no matter what. But He does offer an invitation. He does want you to know today that he chooses you because he needs you. And if you haven't chosen him back, do it today. Take this moment now and say, Lord, I choose you back. I want you in my life. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you died for my sins. I've heard the story, but today I'm making it personal. And I believe that they buried you in a tomb. And I also believe that God raised you from the dead. And today you are alive. So I'm asking you, Jesus, to come live in me. Come live in me. Make me new again. Make me whole. I want to be part of your great purpose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I believe that's happening right now. I believe there's also those that are here that You've been bound by some things in your life. And you keep coming to the end of that rope. You keep coming against that limitation. And it just keeps looming over you. But today, Jesus says, I lose you from it. Whatever that is. Sin and addiction. A relationship that you feel like you're trapped in. A sickness. Your work atmosphere can't seem to get up, can't seem to get promoted, you're, you're in debt, money just seems to be your master, but here today Jesus says, I am here and I loose you from limitation, and if you'll believe me, and if you'll give this to me, I'll help you, I'll show you what I can do, because his power is greater, and with him nothing is impossible, so I ask you at this moment, just give it over to him, whatever is limiting you, say no, I'm, being, I'm getting loose today. Today, I'm being freed from that limitation. It's no longer going to lead me around by the nose. No. No. I'm free today. Thank you, Lord. And today, I want you to make a, just a fresh commitment in your own heart. And dare I say, even with your own mouth. To be made visible. That Jesus be made visible by you for others to see. Say, Lord, I'll do that. Lord, I'm going to be more intentional about that. I'm going to have my eyes open to let my light shine. Take those moments to be kind to somebody, to help someone, to to look for those who are actually commonly overlooked and reach out to them and see what I can do to help. Lord, I thank you that you'll guide me in that. But I'll do it, Lord, because I want them to see you. So I commit to that today. He's made visible by you for others to see. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.